My name is Harrison Wheeler, and this is the Technically Speaking Podcast. I sit down with BIPOC designers, entrepreneurs, and technologists. We discuss careers, triumphs, their resilience, and the why behind their decisions. Before we get started with the show, I just wanted to plug our Patreon. If you like what you're listening to and you want to support the podcast, for as low as $3, you can contribute monthly to help support the production of the show. You can contribute today by heading over to patreon.com slash technically speaking HW. I'll also include the link in the show notes. Essel Tolson, a Memphis-based designer and brand strategist, joins the show to discuss his journey as an artist and the impact of his work. He shares his obsession with AI art and the potential it has as a creative tool. Esso also talks about his experience of feeling safe and finding a sense of home in different places. He explains how he overcomes creative ruts by taking a step back and engaging in activities that fulfill him. He also reflects on his artistic style and how it has been influenced by Memphis in its vernacular language. He emphasizes the importance of uplifting and inspiring others through his words of empowerment. Let's get into it. My guest today is Essel Tolson, a Memphis-based designer and brand strategist. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Yeah, look, I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite some time. For listeners, you know, we like to plan ahead of our episodes. And you've been on the calendar, I think, probably for about three months. As we caught up earlier, I was like, it's just wild to see how much time has passed because we are finally here. <laughs> yeah, this year has been interesting. Time, what is that? Just, yeah. yeah. So when it came together. Yeah. Look, Esso says he creates projects to uplift, inspire, and celebrate people. And for folks that may not necessarily be familiar with his name exactly, he's on Instagram as Cool Urban Hippie. And you definitely probably shared one of his images on Twitter. You trend quite a bit. So I'm in the house right now with the internet celebrity. How's uh-huh. it How's it feel? Does this change your life or is it just business as usual? So the whole internet, I've been getting that a lot lately, but it's it's interesting because the stuff that I'm doing now and the stuff that I'm known for now is stuff that I've been doing. I just think algorithm in my direction recently to share with a lot of people. I feel, I don't know, like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's all I got. Yeah, we'll get into some of that a little bit later, but before we do, I like to start out the show with some icebreakers for our guests. Okay. And the first one I'm going to give you is one that I I give to everybody, and it is, what are you currently obsessed with? So many things, but I think it might be AI art. I think Mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with AI art now. And I think the conversation around it, because there's a big conversation around AI art and is it a bad thing or whatever, but I've talked to some people about it and it's interesting, but also images around it are interesting. So I think that's like my latest obsession. But what's your take? You're going real high level. What's your take on it so far? So I think much like any piece of technology that comes out, it's sure. a tool, right? Yeah. Like I remember being in design school and one of my professors was talking about the application at the time that had these like 
beautifully designed templates and other things around it. And the question that he asked was, what's going to make you different yeah. from these things here? And I was taught to not be adverse to the new technology, but yeah. that it's only a tool. And the more I played around, because I play around with some of the platforms that do the AI, and you have to insert prompts into for it to come out the way it's supposed to be. So like, in a sense, you're a creative director on it. And if you don't know the right prompts or have the right images or information to pull from, to you can't really create a lot of those images. And so... Right. It's just a tool to speed up the process, depending on if you're doing like a project for animation thing and you're trying to give a synopsis or at least an idea of what a character can be, building characters. Yeah. You can put some keywords together and say, hey, maybe something like this, and you give that to it. But it's really just a tool to speed up the process of whatever it is that you're trying to build. So yeah, I'm for yeah. it. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think even some of the natural language processing and all those things really starting to converge right now. I know we've always talked about these things in the past. I think I, with any progression of tool or technology, there's the good and exciting parts about it, but then also there are the people that might use it for yeah. reasons. Yes. I think that tends to get probably elevated a bit more and rightfully, but I, hopefully that's not hindrance or rejection. There's always, I don't know if you've heard of, you probably heard of this, you know, how when you get through this level of uncanny valley, right? Like people mm -hmm. just start to reject some of these things just yeah because it's like whatever this new thing is automatically a threat just because yeah yeah i think it's really fascinating that people are actually receptive of images of themselves i think that's how far we've progressed i saw a 3d version of myself that was really creepy it's interesting just how attractive people have been to this so yeah i'm interested to see what happens over the next year in its current state, but it'll definitely evolve, right? We've oh, yeah. gone from, even with like the natural language, right? We've gone from short prompts to now, I think I saw somebody where they were talking back and forth to the childhood version of themselves in artificial intelligence, which is wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We could dive into this real deep because even in terms of voice, the app that I used to edit, I could actually use AI generated version of my voice. And I have for listeners, I actually have used it a few times and it'd be hilarious if you all could point out if you knew what did it. That's wild. Yeah. All right. The next question I have for you, what is something that has surprised you recently? Ooh, okay. I think, so I took a trip this summer and I went to Hawaii. Actually, my first time going to Hawaii. Which island? Great trip. I went to the big island, went to Kona. Nice. And it was, one, it was great. Yeah. The, the thing was, when I was there, it felt like I could live there. And that was interesting to me from a standpoint of, I had never considered living anywhere other than where I was. And it didn't, yeah. until it made sense to leave where I was, it didn't make sense to go anywhere else. Not that I'm trying to live in Hawaii, but going there and having that experience, I feel like I can live anywhere. It was interesting in that moment, I felt like, I saw myself there, but then I was yeah. able to see myself in other places. And I'm like, oh, mm. I don't have to be like stationary to one place just because of time or people or whatever. And it was interesting because also my lease was up like a few months after that. And so I already had to consider 
moving mm-hmm. to a different space and what that actually looked like for me. And so the anxiety that I had around moving or trying to find a new place went away on that trip because I felt mm-hmm. like I could make anywhere my home. Yeah. So that was something that was like this mind blown, like, whoa, like, I didn't know I had that capacity. That was something that really stuck out this year. Yeah. Is this a realization? Were you like working or was it just something you were just like in your own thoughts and you were like, whoa? I think, yeah, it was like, I don't know. I think it was one of the things that I do is I go back and forth with my set comfort levels with things or like places I feel safe. And so I was like Mm. critiquing or like analyzing places where I felt safe. Right. And so whether that was with like a group of people or that was a very specific like place and then like me looking at the factors that played a part in me feeling safe or not. And so I think I was in a place of like heavily critiquing those things. And when I realized that I had the power to create a situation that felt safe for me anywhere, I was like, oh, I can go. And so then it's okay. I can live anywhere because I know how to create a place that feels like a home and that feels safe for me. So I think I was just in a very highly critiquing of my or places I am and that my safety or comfort level in those spaces. So, yeah. If you don't mind, what are the things that create like safety and comfort for you? Ooh, ooh. So I think for me, I've always been an interesting fellow, I'll say, (laughs) to to me. And so I needed places that felt safe. I'll say from like society, right? We're going to get a little deep. So like me growing up, I was always the art kid, very expressive, so emotional into the things. And I grew up in the hood and that wasn't a thing that was always celebrated for a little boy. And so I was trying to find spaces that felt safe. Thankfully, my family did a great job of creating a space for me to just be. But as I walked the world, I had to figure out How can I feel safe? So I think for me, there has to be room for individuality for me to feel safe. So if I'm like in a public space and there's room for people to just be, especially if it's not like canceling anyone else's individuality out, then it's okay. That's somewhere that feels safe because I can just be myself. And I think that's the main thing, like a place for people to just be as well as not diminishing other people's ability to do that. Because I think if it's a place that isn't doing that, that's oppression, right? Basically, in the simplest form. So Mm -hmm. places that felt like I can just be were the things that were critical for me to just, you know, feel safe and a place that feel like a home. So yeah, in short, I would say that's the biggest part. There are other factors that can make sure. us feel cozy, homey, and other layers, but I feel like a place where people can let the guard down and just be. So. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. All right. The last question I have for you, this one hopefully should be easy, right? What is your go-to okay. if you're ever in a creative rut? I know you've got a lot going on. I know you're not always on, which you can always see with social media. So how do you recognize when you're going down that path? When I'm in a creative rut, I feel like, I think I've, I get into a place where everything feels routine. 
and nothing feels new or fresh. And so I try to break out of that when I feel like everything's just monotonous, just, okay, this is just the same regular role. And let's say a project comes up and I have to do something that actually feels new or fresh or different in some capacity. When I feel like I'm in a rut, sometimes I would just have to take a step back from the project or things that are work related and then do things that serve me, that fulfill me, or or just taking a walk. Things that have nothing to do with the actual thing I'm supposed to be yeah. working on. Because a lot of times that kind of attention can hinder the process. A lot of times when you're creating, you're really just experiencing things, experiencing life or having adventures, what have you. And so I think incorporating that helps to get out of a rut, just doing something different, change a pace that can easily help you see things differently or just like refresh your palate. Like you've been smelling perfumes and then they have the coffee beans. It's really like right. coffee beans. So yeah. what, it, like, what is your coffee bean? Is it walking? Is it just right. doing something new? Is it whatever those coffee beans, if you will, are for you when you're in that process is the thing yeah. to do. Yeah. I love it. Like when you describe that, when you talk about even the creative process, it's not like executing all the time. Yeah. It's understanding like your environment, processing and I think you have even like a TED talk on like, just like chill and not even doing anything, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, just, I'm talking you all up. Yeah. We'll add it in the notes, but SO has a TED talk about chilling and what that means. Yes. And I was like, we really need to, it was great to actually watch that because people say, chill out. What are you doing? Chilling. And I don't think a lot of people really know what that even means. They don't. They don't. I can talk all day about it, but no, they don't. They don't know. But it's so important. It's so yeah. important. Hey, look, so we'll, we're going to wrap up with the icebreakers. We were talking like pre-show. We actually have some commonalities. You were born in East St. Louis, so I have a lot of family yeah. there. But you're currently in Memphis. Maybe tell folks about like your journey. You're in the Midwest, Southern part of the United States. So we'd just mm -hmm. love to know how you've gotten into what you do today. Yeah. So yeah, originally from East St. Louis, born and raised. I went to university, went to Southern Illinois for a year, <laughs> but then I got kicked out. Quick story around um, that is I enjoyed the college experience and I was actually there on a track scholarship. Fun fact. What was your event? Did you have a special? Uh, I did. I did hurdles. I did. Oh, you yeah, did the four hundred hurdles. hurdles? Yeah, I did four hundred hurdles. That was me. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I know. Bro, did I, you I, ever I did. run like summer track? I really? I did. So yeah, I, I, did I wonder if we compete against each other. We. That's wild. Yeah. What if we? Did? I think we might have. Which is wait. What did you graduate high school? So I graduated oh three actually. I would have definitely been doing club. I don't think I've been as competitive back then. Uh, but yeah, I definitely did the, the wow, match. crazy small world. Okay, we got off track, but yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, track but okay, but track and field—that's what got me into college. But I enjoyed the college experience. They were like, "These grades ain't ain't doing it for us." So after that first year, I went to a community college in yeah. St. Louis and went to Florissant Valley Community College, their campus. And it was wild because when I went there and I was going for art, their mm -hmm. art program I found out was the first nationally accredited program for junior college. And so, yeah. like, I looked up 
on that one, yeah. the program was strong and it was set up to where after you left, you can go straight into the industry, whatever that was. If you were a designer, if you were an illustrator, if you were a photographer, what have you, like they prepared yeah. you for that. And so I was wrapping up there and I had a rep from Memphis College of Art to come through to, for continuing education for my bachelor's. And so I said, yeah. And I went to Memphis College of Art. I got here in Memphis in 2008. Yeah. And I thought I was only going to do two years just to finish up my bachelor's. But when I got here, I was immersed into the culture, people, the food. Yeah. And I found a home, a group of artists who were ambitious creative and just really dope and that's the thing that kept me here but yeah the all the things that led to me doing the things that i'm doing now were sparked from me being here in memphis and mm. the people that i met and the things that i experienced yeah. yeah so two questions for you was you mentioned going to, to school for track and then you know the grades thing what like was art something that you were always into or is that something that you developed once you got and started going down like the continue education no i was always mm. an artist and i was always going to be an artist yeah i just didn't know what that looked like sure. there weren't really many avenues that were one pushing art but let alone like mm. making it this career like the idea of being an artist is we're always going to be struggling but there's really no money in it it's unsustainable all the things around it and so i was trying to figure out what that looked like because i knew that i was going to be an artist but i need to make sense in high school you do those aptitude tests and it's okay you're going to be a lawyer or you'll be a great if you're be a doctor and all that <laughs> There was never one in the book for artists. And so they had this thing called graphic designer and it had salary next to it. And I was like, that looks safe. Let's go with that. Yeah. And so I went with that and I didn't, I still didn't know what that looked like for me to go to college. I didn't have a portfolio or anything like that, but I was running track and field in high school. And so. I did well enough that it earned me scholarship. So don't do a sport like that and then think that you're going to be this full-time artist. Like one, it doesn't work. No. I thought, that, oh yeah, I could just go and be like all these mm. other kids who are doing like business administration or doing all no. that and think that it's the same, it's not the same time. Requirements no. of like studio time, of time yes. on your own to build whatever skill set you got up to do concerts work to yeah. do all, like it's time intense yeah and yeah I, that didn't work with track and field yeah. and then i was also trying to have fun and i, I just it was a it's tough but disaster yeah yeah you um, know that yeah so i was a college athlete for a couple oh, years yeah. <laughs> i was in studio art and ceramic i took ceramics and no. film photography in the dark room a fr your freshman my freshman year but you know, that goes to show, actually, that goes to show, I actually want to ask you this question. Like you're, you mentioned like a part, a really important part, because the decisions we make today are definitely guided from experiences we had when we were younger. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just going to go back because you reflected on like being in a space of being where you could reflect your individuality. So yeah, like how do you stay the course living in a place where there's really probably no one else that did art or even thought about it or it was even rejected as an idea and then you get to a place where pretty much the whole culture doesn't even support what you're trying to do like how do you remain because you jumped around a lot that's exhausting it sounds like yeah that's a great question 
I think I felt strongly about my abilities as an artist. Yeah. And there were enough moments of praise, I think, that I got around it that led me to believe that, oh, I can do this. I think along with the support, like I say, with immediate family, like my mom, my dad was, was supportive as well. And so it was mostly my mom, like she really encouraged that. And so I think that and my own belief in myself was enough. And then it was like a checkpoint. I would get to a checkpoint. You're playing like a video games or something. You get to a checkpoint yeah. and it's like, okay, I'm here now. So I can't go any. So I felt like with each either project or milestone or whatever, it was like a checkpoint. It was like, okay, so I made it here. It was enough to sustain me until yeah. I got to the next level. I don't know how I was, I'm like thinking back on yeah. it. I just knew that this is something that I wanted to do. Yeah. And there was really no plan B. I wanted to be an artist. Yeah. And by any means necessary. So I just had that at the forefront of my mind. And yeah, luckily I was able to make that happen. Yeah. So the definition of artist is very broad. Indeed. Obviously right now you're <laughs> focusing on a lot of the letter type and you have mm -hmm. your own unique style. So maybe take us like how you move in this direction and how did you develop your style? Because your style is, I feel like it is authentically you. And so it is. how did you get to this point? <laughs> yeah. How did you get to this point? I say I got into lettering because I needed an outlet from design. Sure. The production uh, you know, or part of design. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Design is a creative job, but it's not for me. When you're doing design, it's for mm. the client, what the, their needs in mind, making sure right. that everything that they need is together, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. It's so much attention on them. It's customer service. Mm. It's a service job. But I needed something that was for me. Yeah. And there wasn't much space for that at the time, especially I was a freelance designer. It wasn't until I was an in-house designer at a local nonprofit that I could actually start thinking about things that could be like passion projects. Everything that I didn't have to like turn a dollar, like I had space to think of things that were just fun and things that enjoyed. Right. So I remember with my first check from the nonprofit, I went straight to the art store and got some Micron pens, got some Sharpies, <laughs> got a, a brand new sketchbook. And I just started doing stuff for me. And a lot of my design was type heavy, a lot of sure. posters, flyers. I love type. And so yeah. naturally I was like, oh, let's draw some letters and see what happens. And I didn't have a style. I, I was just yeah. like doing stuff that just felt and I would go out with friends or I would be drinking wine or something. And I would like drinking wine with friends, something else. Like I just wanted to create, do something like, yeah. cause it's fun. Cause I hadn't yeah. had the space to really do anything like that. Cause everything was yeah. just heavy with design and client, but it was like maybe a year and a half of me just consistently doing things. And I was using Instagram at the time as an accountability partner. Okay, hey, this is what I did today. And so yeah. that's really how I was using Instagram. Yeah. But then I did this one style and just developed over time. And it's my love of graffiti, music, a lot of jazz posts from like Blue Note, you know, album covers and just hand painted signs, like the signs yeah. like on the side of a building or painted signs on a truck, right. moles, electricity, or whoever, yeah. you know, like 
something very approachable about that yeah. very urban very yeah. city life very yeah just in your face like human centric almost yeah. yeah absolutely love love that look and look that feel yeah yeah so is this is that primarily like how you earn your money or is this the brand thing is that sort of maybe take us into how you moved in that direction too it's let me tell you my favorite thing to say is i don't know what i'm doing but okay. now i feel like every stage or area that I, it's different my income ends up being different at one point it was being production artist for the design i was doing then it was consulting a friend of mine at the time we mm. created this like consultancy design agency type thing and we were doing design work but then we were just doing a lot of consulting at the mm. time so i was getting paid from just consulting transition from that and like lettering has been a big part of my income now, but it took all the things that I've done over the years to be able to like even figure out on a small scale how to navigate business from that perspective. But right now, yes, my income comes from lettering projects. Yeah. It's wild. I didn't know that's what was going to happen. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. That might change yeah. like next year, but for this current moment, sure. that's what's the thing. Sure. I think we should, we, like, just like we were talking about tools and AI and how that all evolves, the way that we do business and how we put ourselves in the world is always up for change. I think we just need to be receptive to it and adjust, which I think is representative of just your journey so far, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think mean, one of the things that, you know, I can even really appreciate just from looking at your work is that like, even it feels like Memphis has embraced you and your style and oh, really maybe take this. Yeah. Maybe take us through like your experience with that. So Memphis has definitely embraced this style and influenced it all at the same time. I worked on this again, passion project. Cause I had time for that at the time to really encapsulate these phrases I would hear around the city, right? Mm. So Memphis is, it's the South, it's the Mid-South, yeah. like Midwest, Mid-South, it's the Mid-South. Yeah. And it, it was familiar enough of a place that it felt like home, but like yeah. home away from home. And so when I got settled here, I was like just in awe of all the newness that was around me. And one of the things that really caught my attention was the language of the people, it was just everyday vernacular. And I would just hear things that would just be so brash or just so colorful in so many ways. And I'm like, wow, okay, what's this? And so I remember, okay, I want to celebrate this. Like, I yeah. love this language. How can I celebrate this? And so I did a body of work that celebrated like the vernacular of Memphis, the Memphians. It's a chocolate city. And yeah. so like, how can these phrases that are everyday and common to the folk here be elevated and celebrated? And I like the fact that just because you slur some words or you talk with this twang, that it doesn't represent intelligence and it doesn't diminish any of these other things. Because you got judges and lawyers up right. here. What up, man? Just like this very full unique language. Yeah. I did this project called Spectacular Vernacular and was to celebrate the language of the everyday people here in Memphis. And I was actually very nervous about it because what I didn't want to do was come off as if I was making fun of the sure. language or if I was coming from, especially being an outsider looking in, if I would 
if the way that I was portraying the language through these words was going to be offensive or whatever. So making this fine line of creating the style that was unique to me, but also using it to highlight this other group or these people was my first attempt of doing it outside of my sketchbook and to represent yeah. something. And so I was so nervous. I did it, but it was well received. And yeah. again, another checkpoint. I'm like, oh, okay, I think I can do more of these. And yeah, the style that I have now was definitely influenced by Memphis in a lot of different ways. And after it was celebrated, they were like, yeah, more of this. Yeah. Yeah, it feels, I don't know if I'm romanticizing it too much, but it does feel a bit like a hero's arc when we start thinking about like the power of art and expression, mm. representing people that haven't necessarily been heard or portrayed, as yeah. you say, in like the best light. So I just, I love that piece. And so now I want to shift into what you do online, right? Like you do a lot of words of empowerment. Like what got you into that? I just love, cause we're putting all the things together. Okay. So yeah, yeah. We've got the artistic side of it, right? We've got mm -hmm. this space. I think there's an underlying thing here around how you approach just like the day to day and sharing that with the world. Yeah. I've always been a fan of those. I'll say like philosophy or things that would inspire people to go on. I looked at movies and even just going to church as a youth, being inspired by these words. And I saw how mm. thought leaders or pastors or professors or people in this position that had words to encourage, inspire, or uplift or motivate yeah. people or managers, like a lot of these people in these positions yeah. and how powerful these words were to the people that were listening to them. I felt like I could do that in a yeah. sense with just things that I would think of and the things that I have been inspired by. And I think just those daily motivations that I would receive as a kid, like from my mom, would encourage me to be the unique, weird art kid that I was and things like that. And television shows that were empowering. Those are the things that I guess had me to practice that for myself. Sure. And it's funny you mentioned me sharing these words of empowerment people are sharing now, but the gag is all of that is for me. <laughs> yeah. All uh -huh. of these words are for Meaningful. me. Yeah. And yeah. And so people benefit. Yeah. from the words that I am using to encourage myself, right? Mm. And so these are words that help me to continue moving forward because I feel like I need that because if I didn't, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be at this level. I wouldn't be able to operate in the ways that I do if I didn't have that kind of like determination, encouragement, mindset, perspective, all right. those things. Right. And so me doing that for me first and with the time that I take to chill, yeah. make connections with things. And it's like, okay. And then I would just write that down and then I would share that. What yeah. Make connections with. And I've been doing that for honestly years, man. But yeah. I don't know the algorithm, the space, <laughs> the what people were able to find, the things that I was doing. And yeah. it really just caught on. I think my love for inspiration, my love for people, because yeah. it's a lot of hopelessness around. There's a mm. lot of sadness. There's a lot of loneliness. There's a lot of all these things that are here and we're all connected. Yeah. And so 
I'm feeling these things. I'm experiencing these things. I need encouragement on these things. Who am I to think other people wouldn't do need the same yeah. thing? Yeah. So literally that's how I do it. So the words that you see are for me first, mm. but I know that if I'm feeling them, other people may be able to get something out of it too. Yeah. Hey, look, we'll end the episode there. Thank you so much. And it feels like we brought everything together. I see a lot of patterns yeah. here, how you observe things. And then there's a moment of thought and then expression and putting that out in the world. So it's really great to, to get into how you process those things and share that with us. Are there any sort of last words you want to share before with the listeners before we log off of today's episode? I think I'll say this. If you are a creative and creative isn't relegated to an artist, creative is people who think differently. You can be a creative lawyer. You can be a creative mm -hmm. manager. You can be a creative. You know, it's really about how you view the world and problem solving. So that's what creativity is because you can be an artist just painting and if you're painting the same painting like how many still lifes are we going to have there's no creativity necessarily there but anyway if you are a creative continue on that path mm. you are making differences in the world that you will probably never see hopefully you do but don't stop if it's something that you feel strongly about. And quite honestly, if you are an artist and you become an artist and you're actually out here doing art, like that's successful because there's a whole lot of people that were able to even be an artist. Mm -hmm. So if you're here, you're doing this work, continue doing that and yeah, make it happen. Yeah. How can folks find you on the internet? How can they learn more about you? Yes. So they can follow me everywhere at Cool Urban Hippie, H-I-P-I-E, not the Y. And you can also follow me or not follow me. You can visit my website at sotolson.com. That's E-S-O-T-O-L-S-O-N.com. So it was a pleasure having you on the show and excited to see what's next for you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, man. That concludes the show. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge way to show your support and it really helps us reach more people and grow our following. By the way, we release a new episode every two weeks, but in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, or YouTube at Technically Speaking HW. Again, thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. This has been a production of Technically Speaking Media.